welcome to the Healthy Catholic Moms podcast, where we make moving and nourishing our bodies a priority so that we not only fulfill our vocations, but excel in our callings. I'm Brittany Pearson, a Catholic wife, mom, and personal trainer, and I'm here to help you build healthy habits that actually fit your life. I am here to teach you how to get the results that you want and maintain the results that you want without spending hours at the gym or meal prepping all weekend long. I understand. I am right here with you, getting my workouts done in the nooks and crannies of time, looking up recipes while nursing babies, and trying to prioritize my own health amidst everything else going on. But I have really good news for you. You can get the results you want in less time without doing hours of cardio and restrictive dieting. I am going to teach you how to use strength training and eating in a macro balanced way to get you feeling so good in your skin, full of energy and strong to carry out your life, okay? (laughs) On this podcast, we'll delve into how to lose fat in a simple, sustainable way, what your workouts and nutrition should look like during different seasons of life, like during pregnancy and postpartum times, We'll also discuss healthy, quick meals and how to get them on the table, make food that kids will actually want to eat, mom hacks for making your day run more smoothly, and so much more. All the while with continuous encouragement to stay the course and live with discipline. This is a place where we're striving to steward our bodies well in order to joyfully serve. I am so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. I hope you are having a wonderful September so far and a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me and for pressing play on today's episode. I know that we love to talk about mornings here because if you've been a listener for a while, I've done a couple episodes on tips to wake up early, why it is so important to wake up early, how beneficial it is for fat loss, all these things. And they tend to be some of the most popular episodes. I wanted to revisit this concept and maybe it's the first time some of you are going to visit it at all with me. So I thought we'd come back to it with kind of the start of this. We just came out of that healthy fall prep. Like it is the start of a new season. Maybe you're starting to implement some different routines and rhythms. This has got to be a part of it. I'm such an advocate of waking up at a reasonable time, going to bed at a reasonable time, the why behind it, the the tips and tricks to do it. So we're going to dive into that today. Before I get there, I want to let you know, September 18th, we kick off the eight-week challenge. This is the program you need to do if you have never worked with me before. Before you try the Chasing Greatness monthly workout group, before you just hop on a coaching call, it's a really great place to get the foundation of everything. You will walk away knowing how to fuel your body, how to move your body and your workouts, And it just, I hold your hand and walk you through it. You have me the whole eight weeks to ask questions, to bounce questions off other people who are in the group. And we are kicking off September 18th. So you can go to healthycatholicmoms.com for more information or message me if you have questions, but I only open it a couple times a year. It is a limited number of spots, just 20 ladies each round. And it's a game changer. I've done this for years. (laughs) And there's a reason I have kept the program the way it is. Eight weeks seems to be the perfect duration. We've gone from 30 day to 12 week to whatever. Eight seems to be enough time to teach you everything and for you to start getting results. So a lot of times I share before and after pictures on my Instagram, and that's where you see those from is from the eight week program. So that's coming up September 18th. Now, early to bed, early to rise. I want to start with the reason I thought that it was time to come back to this circle around and revisit some of this is I have been reading 
the book, An Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. It's been my spiritual reading book for all of 2023 because like I can rip through some books that are, you know, multiple hundred pages. This one is, I think, like 320 something pages, but it's just been a hefty one. <laughs> it's been something that I've sat with in the morning with my coffee or whatever uh, and just done a couple pages at a time. It's really nice because most of the book, a lot of the chapters are only one or two pages. So it's like perfect digestible amount to, to, you know, break down just a couple pages a day. Now I was on page 192 and the chapter of this one was called the practice of external mortification. And they kind of, he kind of went into different external mortifications and when it's appropriate, when it's not, but on page 192, he said, and quote, everyone should take that just proportion of sleep in the night, which he requires for being usefully awake in the day. Holy scripture, the example of the saints and our natural reason all commend the morning as the best and most profitable part of the day. Our blessed Lord himself is called the rising sun and his mother, the morning star. I recommend you therefore to go to rest early at night so that you may be awake and rise early in the morning, which is the pleasantest and least cumbered time of the day. The very birds call us to awaken to the praise of God and early rising is profitable both for health and holiness. End quote. And I loved that. I love that too. It said, yes, we have the example of saints in scripture. Even our natural reason would lead us to finding morning as the best time of day. Now, I think this can be a sliding scale. Some business people and high level operators and CEOs and things will have quotes out there that they wake up every day at 430 or some people do that and it works for them. That discipline works for them. Jacko Willink is somebody I've talked about on the podcast before who always shows his alarm in the four o'clock hour that that's when he's gotten up and that's what works for him and keeps him disciplined. I think there's a sliding scale and there's a what works best for everybody. My body would love to do a 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. stretch of sleep. Like that is ideal to me that very naturally in the summer, I would wake up around six in the winter. It's a little tougher if it's still dark, but I like I'm not really I'm kind of in between. I'm really not a night owl or a morning person like that is the combination to me of six is early enough, but 10 p.m. is late enough like I don't make it much past that anymore. So. Uh, you know, it's just, everybody's different, but, and here's a big caveat, like our life is not set up to be that way. If I got up at six, it would be too late to do a lot of the things that I want to do to be able to have prayer time, workout time before my kids wake up. Um, it would be later than like my, it doesn't match up well with my husband's work schedule. So we are slid back a little bit earlier. We try to be in bed by nine and then we're usually up around five and again sliding scale there sometimes it's later the weekends we definitely ease up a bit and it's more like in 11 to 7 or uh 10 30 to 6 30 or something like that um this past weekend too yeah it was more like a 10 30 to 6 30 and that was great i still got up before the kids felt really good but um that was what worked out it's just something that we can't ignore and deny is that our bodies have a circadian rhythm and they do like similar times. Some people are very, very scrupulous about this in the health field and say, you know, every single day you should be getting up and going to bed at the same time for optimal performance. Now, most of us listening are not Olympians. So do I think we need to have these absolutes where we never stray from that? I don't think that I've shared on the podcast kind of recently, there was an episode about 
you can have it all just not every day. And I'm going off of the book pick three, and it's about how you can basically pick different things, but you can't have it all in one day. Like if you're going to prioritize sleep, then you might not be able to be prioritizing friendship because a lot of times when we get together with friends is at night after commitments. And I definitely find that to be true. I've been doing a small group lately and once a month. And it's like, yeah, those nights for our meetings start at eight o'clock and it's somewhere I'm driving home from when the meeting's done. And then I want to get up early again the next day. Like I'm going to lose some sleep, but that's a sacrifice to be made for friends. So we all have to kind of personalize this and make it fit our lives and also be okay with when things deviate from the norm or deviate from the schedule. It's kind of like yo-yo dieting, where if we think we have to be all on or all off, like once we've eaten one Oreo, we've blown everything and we might as well blow the next three meals, (laughs) right? Where really it's better to pick up from where we are, like work it in, keep going, make the next best decision. And I think that's totally fine, but we cannot ignore and deny that overall people who seem to be healthiest, most consistent in a lot of areas rely on mornings. There's that quote that's been attributed to Ben Franklin too. That's not new to any of us early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise in the scriptures. Um, in the book of Proverbs, they talk about Proverbs 31 woman rises while it's still night. Right. And what I have found to be true in my own life and in the lives of those I've worked with is that those who have a much more extreme night morning situation, like go to bed at 12 or one and wake up at eight or nine or something, or, or even earlier, a lot of people are very under <laughs> like, you know, you're like, you don't have to tell me Brittany that I have very little sleep, like sleep deprived. There's a lot of people who will go to bed at midnight and wake up at seven or something for their job or go to bed at midnight and wake up at six. And that sleep deprivation is considered six hour average or less. So if you're averaging six hours and think it's pretty good, that's actually considered sleep deprived. So you might want to revisit things and examine like what can help you get more. I know there are extenuating circumstances in different seasons of life where we would all like to be getting more sleep and that's just not the season, but you know, overall the things that we can control, we should be shooting for the seven to nine, not averaging five to six. But what I found to be true for those who go to bed more along the lines of nine or 10, wake up around five or six, they tend to be healthier people and have less struggle with their weight, have a more uh, easy and sustainable relationship with their body where they are not overweight. They are just able to maintain their routine. You know, obviously some of us need to develop that routine, but then maintain it. They have less you know, indulgent habits and think about it. It makes sense for me personally. If I'm staying up late, uh, what am I doing then? I'm not usually staying up late to pray, not usually staying up late to do work. Although sometimes that's the case. I'm usually, if I'm staying up late, it's usually accompanied by snacking on less than healthy foods, right? We're not usually craving asparagus at night. It's usually when the chips come out or the ice cream or whatever, we get snacky. <laughs> uh, usually there's some screen time involved. Maybe we're staying up late to be on our phones or to be watching a show, something along those lines. Uh, you know, lots of moral evils too can come up and tempt us. There's a lot of, I didn't pull that many verses today, but there's many scripture verses about like things, not great things happening at, what do we hear all the time in the darkness, in the dark, but we are supposed to be children of the light. 
Now, obviously, we can just take that to mean, right, children of the light, as in leading a pure and blameless life, not indulging in sinful behaviors. But most often think about it, like things are attributed with darkness and with night. That's when crime happens. That's, you know, when temptations arise is usually in those night hours deep in the night. So that, and then, like I said, just even me personally, I know even if I'm staying up, there have been times where I'm staying up late to work and inevitably I take the snacks out with it. Sometimes then I'm so wound up from working and I put on a show after to try to calm down, like nothing super beneficial. Whereas when I wake up early, the things I'm doing in the morning are not things that I'm doing at 10 o'clock at night. So if I wake up at 4.30 or 5 or 5.30, I'm making time for prayer. I am exercising. I am doing something to prepare for the day. Like I don't wake up at 5 a.m. to watch a Netflix show. (laughs) So it's usually the more productive, healthy, helpful things that I'm starting the day with, you know, that I would not be doing at night because some people say that like they flip flop and like, well, I don't think you need to wake up early necessarily because if you're just not a morning person, that's fine. And that's why I think there is a sliding scale. I don't think everyone has to wake up at 5 a.m., but say you you know, wake up at seven say your norm is 11 to seven. That'd be another one that I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind an 11 to seven. And you, the idea is you still need to be doing the good, healthy things that are going to be beneficial for you long-term. So if you are, you know, doing 11 to seven, then what are you doing in those hours from like 9 PM to 11 PM? Are you doing hobbies? Are you praying? Are you exercising then? Like, that's fine. If you literally flip flop what I would do at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and you're doing it at 10 p.m., great. But that is what we need to consider and look at and make that tweak for our for really the health of our entire mind, body, spirit. We are integrated people. There's a lot of facets to us and it all works together, works harmoniously. So think about that. Sometimes we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure when we're trying to live healthy lifestyles. We're like, I need to eat more vegetables. I need to get my workout in. I need to do this, this, and this, but there's just not enough time in the day. Well, look at it. Cause really, if you are a later sleeper, but look at the things you're doing at night, are they helpful, healthy, productive things, you know? And I encourage you to just slide things up a little bit. If you're one of those like 12, like midnight to 6 a.m. people or midnight to 8 a.m. people, could you start going to bed at like 1130 and waking up at 730 and then starting your day off with some of these healthy actions we're talking about? I just did a podcast recently about self-care, ways to incorporate that. And I consider the really basic self-care to be prayer and sacraments, moving our bodies and eating healthily. So typically, you know, from, and I've read a lot of books about this. I've read the book, what most successful people do in the mornings. Um, there was one that was specifically how I think it was called, how does she do it? And it showed tons of different schedules of women like, and, and just anecdotally from my own life, I have taught fitness classes for a long time. I'm not actively teaching outside the home anywhere, but when I was, the morning crew, and you know this, if you work out in the morning somewhere or you're a fitness instructor yourself, the morning crew is the most dedicated crew. And it's not just because, oh, they're really dedicated people or they really dedicated personalities. They've also discovered and found out that morning is the most uninterrupted time. Like if you're doing a 5.15 a.m. or 6 a.m. spin class, not that many people need you at 6 a.m. who might need you at 7 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. or whatever. It's just 
what we carve out time for in the mornings is usually what is going to get done, even if the rest of the day goes awry. So starting out, I think just there's so many things we could give time for in our mornings and a lot time for. There's lots of people who have lots of opinions on this to make time for meditation and for sauna and for ice plunge and for this and for that and journaling and this. And the miracle morning was a helpful book that I read about, uh, morning time too. And I like what I think that's by Hale Elrod. And he breaks it down to two, like, okay, if you have a half hour or an hour, this is your, what your miracle morning can look like, but you can also do this five minute version or this 10 minute version. And I remember that being really helpful and keeping components of that in my morning routine. But I think in general, getting a jump start on your day early where, you know, it, it is undeniably a pinch to wake up. You just force yourself to do it. There's really no way around that. People say like, how are you motivated? How are you motivated? Well, you just have to do it. It's zero option mentality. You, the alarm goes off and you get up. You don't battle with yourself, haggle with yourself. You just get up and get these things going. And sometimes seriously, that's like just the cascade that you need to set all these other healthy actions in motion is just giving yourself the morning to do that and the time to do that. And it does not need to be three hours. If you're not waking up right now, if you're a mom and you're listening to this, and you don't wake up at all before your kids. I'd encourage you to just start waking up 15 minutes earlier than them. Brush your teeth, say some prayers, stretch, and you've started off way healthier than you did a couple days ago, you know, and then you start to truly crave that time. There's another episode that you can scroll back to where I shared uh, other listeners' morning routines. That was the resounding message that we heard was, I crave this time now from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. or from whatever to whatever to read a personal development book, to read the Bible, to get moving. And it's uninterrupted. It's quiet. A lot of us crave that time for silence and for recollection so we don't feel so frenzied, so busied. I know I think all the time, like, if I could just hear myself think, you know, and we've got to find that time and make it. And like I said, we're probably not doing that at night. I feel like, Brittany, I could stay up till 12, till midnight, and I could do the same thing. But are you? Like, are you sitting there meditating or journaling or praying the rosary at 12? Or are you flipping through the Instagrams? Because I know when I stay up later, it's that's when the temptations come out. That's when I'm not staying up to read scripture. I'm watching the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> okay, which again has a time and place, but overall... Go back to what St. Francis de Sales said. It's even in our common knowledge and common instinct, natural reason that it makes sense to get going in the mornings and to go to bed at a decent hour. All right. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to go sign up for the eight-week challenge if that is something that is a good fit for you right now. And next episode, we're going to talk about tips and tricks for increasing longevity and what is best for our longevity. So we're going to talk about nutrition and exercise that supports being healthy for the long term. Really looking forward to that with you guys. All right. Have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you next time.